Welcome to the Reality Revolution. I'm your host, Brian Scott. Today, I wanted to sort of discuss the laws of prosperity. We have covered several of them in different episodes and through different books, but I wanted to sort of talk about it on an episode, kind of gather them together, what comes to me and the things that are powerful. There are several dynamic and powerful laws that are in play that regard your prosperity. And each of these, when understood and utilized, can bring great returns just by simply understanding and knowing them. Now, when I say prosperity, you should understand that it is right for you to be prosperous. You are supposed to be prosperous. It is much better than for you to be poor. As Russell Conwell states in Acres of Diamonds, which we probably need to read for the podcast, I say you ought to be rich. You have no right to be poor. To live and not be rich is a misfortune, and it is doubly a misfortune because you could have been rich just as well as being poor. We ought to get rich if we can buy honorable methods, and these are the only methods that sweep us quickly toward the goal of riches. Please note, the word rich means having abundance of good or living a fuller, more satisfying life. Indeed, you are prosperous to the degree that you are experiencing peace, health, happiness, and plenty in the world. There are honorable methods that can carry you quickly toward that goal. It is easier to accomplish than you may now think. That too is the shocking truth about prosperity. It's not that difficult. We start with the most basic law of prosperity. It goes by many names. We can call it the law of assumption, as Neville Goddard calls it. That whatever state that you assume is real will become reality. Or, in the words of Solomon, As a man thinketh within himself, so is he. Proverbs 23, 7. Or Job, Thou shalt decree a thing, and it shall be established unto thee, and light shall shine upon thy way. Through your thoughts, you hold the key to every situation and contain within yourself that transforming and regenerative agency by which you may make yourself what you will yourself to be. There's amazing potential that is untapped at this point. This is the law of laws. Another name for this law given by Catherine Ponder is the law of radiation and attraction. It's not just the law of attraction, it's the law of radiation and attraction. Emerson called it the law of compensation and said that it was life's basic law. It is very much like the law of prosperity as radiation and attraction, that what you radiate outward in your thoughts, feelings, mental pictures, and words you attract into your life and affairs. But you cannot get something for nothing. The reason why there is still poverty in this universe of lavish abundance is that many people still do not understand this basic law of life. 
they do not yet realize they must radiate in order to attract and that what they do radiate they constantly attract most people still have to learn that they cannot get something for nothing but must give before receiving or must sow before reaping in referring to the law of assumption this radiation is an ultimate believing in your reality and those around you in prosperity it's the only way it is a radiation when you assume that you're prosperous you give your energy your money easily it's not a handout it's just what you do when you feel prosperous it's a natural part of that state that you're in and as you radiate this prosperity it comes back to you now it's not just money there is always something to give somebody can ask how can this person give that's in such lack and it's just not true you always have something that you can give something that you can radiate at the most basic level it is your love and light that is within you and is eternal and you have unlimited amounts of it but it radiates out into more applicable things in your behavior and activities and the thing you do you cannot get something for nothing but that you can have the best of everything when you give full measure for the good you wish to receive radiate and you will attract emerson might have been describing this law giving and receiving or radiation and attraction when he wrote great hearts send forth steadily the secret forces that incessantly draw great events and who are the great hearts those people who dare to think and radiate great prosperity thoughts and expectancies of success instead of failure trouble and limitation there's nothing great unusual or praiseworthy about failure or trouble or limitation anyone can experience those things by following the line of least resistance and by entertaining the usual failure thoughts that one constantly hears every day of course you've heard somebody say everything happens to me i just can't win it's a tough world everyone else gets the breaks each of us are constantly using the law of radiation and attraction whether we are aware of it or not but if you wish to enjoy more prosperity in your life you have to consciously boldly and deliberately take hold of your thoughts and feelings and redirect them toward prosperity and success it is up to you to dare to choose and radiate outward through your thinking what you really wish to experience in life rather than to get bogged down in unpleasant or failure experiences of the moment these conditions can change as quickly as you can change your thinking about them so we understand that all things can be accomplished within the mind first your mind is your divine power for good it's up to you in this wonderful new earth to claim your spiritual dominion of great good over everything and to dare to subdue change or reform your world as you wish but you have to be deliberate you have to radiate deliberately in order to attract the good you desire otherwise you get into a limited trend of thought and produce limited results 
what you do radiate or deliberately entertain mentally, you constantly attract. It may not appear that this law works in this exact way when you look at people who seem to be succeeding who apparently do not deserve it, but in due season their health, wealth, and happiness crumble if it is not supported by a firm foundation of right thought and feeling. You are a magnet. Each of us is a magnet. And as a magnet, you do not have to force success and prosperity to yourself. Instead, you develop that exalted, expectant, prosperous, grateful state of mind that is a magnet for all good things of the universe to hasten to you. Rather than entertaining the tense, critical, anxious, depressed, unforgiving, possessive state of mind that is a magnet for all kinds of trouble and failure. The next major law of prosperity that I have learned always works and is always in play is the vacuum law of prosperity. And of course, you've heard the phrase, nature abhors a vacuum. It is particularly true in the realm of prosperity. The vacuum law of prosperity is one of the most powerful, though it takes bold, daring faith to set it into operation as well as a sense of adventure and expectation to reap its full benefits. When a person is honestly trying to be prosperous, is thinking along prosperous lines, and still fails, it is usually because he needs to invoke the vacuum law of prosperity. Now here's an example of this. When I was struggling with my finances and didn't have enough money, and had cheap couch that I didn't want to get rid of because I needed a couch, but I definitely needed a couch. And this one was broken, fallen apart. It smelled, it was terrible. And I had read about the vacuum law of prosperity. So I just got rid of it. Didn't have enough to get a new couch, but just got rid of it. And there was just this empty vacuum in my living room. And then, you know, for a little bit, I sat on the floor and then somebody I knew pretty well said they had to move and they had an absolutely amazing couch that they were willing just to give to me. So I was able to put that right there in the space that had become a vacuum. Basically, the vacuum law of prosperity is this. If you want great good, greater prosperity in your life, start forming a vacuum to receive it. In other words, get rid of what you don't want to make room for what you do want. You're not gonna find a girlfriend if you're already married. There has to be a vacuum. If there are clothes in the closet or furniture in your home or office that no longer seem right to you, if there are people among your acquaintances and friends that no longer seem congenial, begin moving the tangible and intangibles out of your life in the faith that you can have what you really want and desire. Often it is difficult to know what you do want until you get rid of what you do not want. Whenever you dare to form a vacuum, the substance of the universe then rushes in to fill that empty space. This applies on the spiritual, mental, and physical planes of life. A very, very powerful example of this is the person that is super sick that you find in the hospital and they have gone everywhere. They don't know why, but they're getting weaker and weaker and their body is filled with poison and nothing to dissolve it of some kind. And then this person 
realizes the vacuum law, that there is something within them that they had to let go of. They were holding deep hatred or anger for a family member or friend. And then once they release that anger that's within them, within the vacuum comes the light and substance to heal them. Happens all the time. You can use forgiveness as a technique to form a vacuum for whatever good your life seems to need just now. Just sit for half an hour and mentally forgive everyone that you are out of harmony with or feel badly toward or are concerned about. If you've accused anyone of injustice, if you've discussed anyone unkindly, if you've criticized or gossiped about anyone, if you're legally involved with anyone, mentally ask their forgiveness. Subconsciously, they will respond. In like manner, if you've accused yourself of failure or mistake, forgive yourself. Forgiveness forms a vacuum that will undam your prosperity and success. Mentally declare to others, God's forgiving love has set us free. Divine love now produces perfect results and all is again well between us. I behold you with the eyes of love and I glory in your success, prosperity, and complete good. You can find that affirmation in Catherine Ponder's book on the divine laws of prosperity. She also says to declare, I am forgiven and governed by God's love alone and all is well. And when you release stuff, it's magnetic. It really is. If you're clinging to a thought of how troublesome a situation is and you have to make it right, you're constantly worrying about or thinking about, or if you're really, really identified with a specific person and you can't let it go, is sometimes by releasing them, it becomes magnetic. So just say, I fully and freely release you. I completely lose you and let you go. So far as I'm concerned, you have served your purpose in my wardrobe and I no longer need you. You are now in your perfect place. And watch them come towards you as you release them. A lot of times people are holding some idea of someone within their own mind and there's no space for the actual relationship the person that's really there that wants to spend time with you because you have this ideal person that you have that is filling up the space when you look at this there's something that's blocking you or struggling with what is it you can let go of to create a vacuum for this thing to come to you the next law is the creative law of prosperity now you've formed a vacuum, you're ready to fill this vacuum with rich and new good through the creative law of prosperity. The creative law of prosperity concerns three basic steps. First, have a plan, write out your desires, and constantly expand that plan. And secondly, mentally image that plan and those plans desire as fulfilled. Constantly affirm their perfect fulfillment. The first step really in the creative law of prosperity is desire and the ability to do something constructive about that desire. The creative law of prosperity is taking your ideas, your intentions, and creating with them. Creating a new business, a piece of art, something that you have to create. That's what it is. The law of creative prosperity 
is to take your deep-seated desires and instead of suppressing them and acting like they're impossible dreams, express them constructively through deciding what they really are and then doing something very simple but very powerful about them. Write them down. Make a list. Draw up some kind of potential plan that you can change and revise. Many people work hard at prosperity in external ways, but they miss the mark because they're afraid to get definite in their thoughts and desires. They want to live better and have more money, but they never get definite in their desires about how they want to live better or how much more money they need. In fact, many people hesitate to get definite, fearing they are telling God what to do. But as Emil Kue once wrote, desire is God tapping at the door of your mind, trying to give you greater good. If you suppress those deep desires, they have no constructive outlet and often turn into destructive channels expressed as neurotic tendencies or phobias or tension, and then can find outlets as alcoholism or mental illness or some sort of addiction or imbalance. The power of writing out one's desires and plans has been proved to me multiple times. Everything I've written, you may not achieve them in a couple years, but I've put them up around my desk and then I sometimes will just completely forget about them and I'll look back on them and see that everything that I had written down has come to pass. So prosperity is the result of deliberate thought and action. There's nothing hit and miss about prosperous living. It is a planned result, just as a bridge or building is a planned result. Without deliberate, prosperous plans, there will be no prosperous results on a consistent, permanent basis. I was a part of a business group, and I was told to write down my plans for six months. And then we all came back and looked at our plans. It was amazing how many people had achieved results based on the plans that we had written out. The next law is the imaging law of prosperity. So at this point, you've created a vacuum. You've learned about radiating and attracting. And you understand that anything that you want prosperously must come through creative law, where you plan on it and take action towards it. Once you've made your lists and worked them daily and changing and expanding and revising them, there's another step you're ready to take. At this point, the imaging power of the mind, which has an almost magical power, should be invoked to work for you. We are told in this modern age by authorities who are making a study of the mind that man can create anything he can imagine, that the mental image does make the conditions and experiences of man's life and affairs. That man's only limitation lies in the negative use of his imagination. In other words, if there is a failure and lack in your life, it is because you first imagined it in your mind. You first set up life's limitations in your mind, and it is likewise in mind that you can begin dissolving those limitations and remaking your life into what you wish to be. It was really Neville Goddard for me personally that declared that imagination is the strongest force, that imagination is God, and it is stronger than willpower, and that when the imagination and will are in conflict, the imagination always wins out. Imagination is key. So if you're hoping for greater good in your life, you should begin to form the mental image 
of it in your mind. Your reasoning power may tell you that it can never be, but that doesn't matter. Your will may say your dream is too big to come true, that it is impossible to fulfill, but if you just dare to continue imaging it anyway, then your imagination will go to work for you to produce the visible result you have been imaging. And in due time, your will can work for you also. Whatever the mind is taught to expect, that it will build, produce, and bring forth for you. History has proved this many times. In many cases, perhaps you recall the facts connected with the Peloponnesian War of Ancient Greece. This war was significant because it lasted for 27 years. You'll probably remember why it is believed to have lasted so long. Historians say that both sides lacked purpose or strategy. They had no particular plan for victory, and so they just drifted along indefinitely, never quite losing yet, never quite winning the war, just fighting. Finally, a Spartan of foresight and ability, obviously a man who knew how to image victory and success, appeared on the scene, went into action, and led his side to victory. Historians write that in one single hour he brought the long war to an end. How did he do it? Was it through the battle and bloodshed? No, it wasn't. Instead, he led the enemy to believe that they had his ships and men cornered at the entrance of the Dardanelles. There he waited patiently for four days until the enemy became sure of themselves, thinking that his silence signified weakness and ability to fight. And on the fifth day, when they sent most of their crew ashore to get food, Admiral Lysander suddenly came to life, sailed out, and captured almost the entire fleet of 180 ships without a single blow. When you use the all-powerful imaging power of the mind to envision your good, you are using the indirect method that will secure the victory over life's problems. Everything is created mentally first. Wherever you are at, look out your window or wherever you can see. And everything there is created in your mind. So you can create images of whatever it is you want. You can create images to travel, for beauty. Whatever it is that you image, it will form in your mind. And then it will form in your imagination. And then form in the reality around you. The next law of prosperity is the prosperity law of command. The prosperity law of command is your key to dominion. The word command means to have authority or control. Through an attitude of authority, you can take control of the good which you wish to experience in life. Many people look up at life as though it is a mountain towering over their insignificance. The law of command helps you to move up to the summit and look out over your world with a feeling of authority and control, which then produces like results. The secret of the law of command is this. A positive assertion of the good you wish to experience is often all that is needed to turn the tide of events to produce good for you swiftly and easily. It's amazing how fast doors open to us when we dare to take control of a situation and command our high expectations to manifest themselves. But there's nothing new about the law of command. In Genesis, we are told that Jehovah created the earth by commanding, let there be, and there was. Actually, the law of command is one of the easiest to use. After having made lists of your desires and 
After having mentally imaged them as fulfilled, it is then time to release the substance of them into words of decree and command which can move the ethers into action. What you decree, you get. As the Bible promises, for thou shalt decree a thing, and it shall be established unto thee, and light shall shine upon thy ways. Job 22:28. We talk about this a little bit more in the episode on You Are the Word, I Am the Word, in the discussion from Paul Selick's wonderful book, Word, I Am Word. We discuss the power of our command and our voice to create the world around us. This really gets into affirmation, something that Neville Goddard does not emphasize, but I am a big believer in, which has powerfully changed my own life. If you were ever to say to yourself, I'd give my right arm if I could blank. (laughs) Woe unto you that make such a decree because you will lose your right arm in some weird accident. Every word you use that comes out of your mouth is powerful. There is no joke. Your subconscious does not have a sense of humor. So when you make certain jokes or somebody says, oh, I was just joking, understand that those words have meaning and change your vibration. Affirmations are a form of command. They're a form of decree. Through daily practice of verbal and silent affirmations is the simplest way to invoke the law of command to create good. In fact, the use of affirmation is such a simple way of bringing forth prosperity that many people mistrust it, looking for a more complicated path to prosperity. The word affirm means to make firm through verbally affirming or declaring the good you want rather than continuing to talk about what you don't want. You begin to make firm in the mind and in the invisible ethers the good you desire. As you continue to affirm the desired good, it rushes forth as a visible result. You make worlds with your words. Never underestimate the power of words. You make your world with your words, as did Jehovah in the beginning. But if you do not like the world you have previously made with words of discord, lack, limitation, and hard times, you can begin building a new world of limitless good and prosperity by changing your words of commands and decree. So we can start with a very simple command, one that Catherine Ponder recommends again. Everything and everybody prospers me now, and I prosper everything and everybody now. By daily, consistently using this, you will change your life. I have recommended this for people that didn't want to do the large sums of money because maybe it was too long, and they use everything and everybody prospers me now, and I prosper everything and everybody now. And I had a friend that did it that suddenly got an inheritance that he had no idea of the person that gave it to him. Everything and everybody prospers me now. Command your good to appear. If you see something that you want, make a decree that it is yours. You have this power. When you open your mouth and you vibrate words into this existence and you think towards it, creating a vacuum for it, radiating and attracting what it is that you want, then your prosperity will come as you decree it. So for instance, if you wanted some clothes, you'd say, I give thanks that I am beautifully and appropriately clothed with the rich substance of God. Or 
for a beautiful, comfortable home. I give thanks that I am beautifully and appropriately housed with the rich substance of God. Those are some examples that you can use. You get better at it. You become more refined at it. You make longer affirmations that end up becoming what are called treatments. But everything that you declare with your words is super powerful and will change in accordance to what you decree. This is not a new law. Jesus often used the law of command, as did many of the great people of the Bible. He proved the power of command when he said to the fig tree, let there be no fruit from thee henceforward forever. And the passage further reads, immediately the fig tree withered away. Matthew 21, 19. When Jesus was tempted in the wilderness three times, he met the challenge through the law of positive assertion. Each time the devil tried to tempt him, he used strong positive statements from the scriptures until he finally put the devil in his place by declaring, get thee hence Satan. That is a powerful statement of command to use upon a worrisome situation. You will sometimes find that when you have used the law of command and have not yet got the results desired, perhaps you have been too gentle in your use of words. When Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead, he did not use gentle methods. The passage reads, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. In like manner, to try to use gentle methods on glaring, ungentle appearances of poverty and failure is as ineffective as trying to speak English to a Frenchman who does not understand English. You can use affirmations to solve your problems. They can work wonders. So what is your affirmation that you're using right now? You should have a go-to one, but whatever it is, decree your prosperity. The next law is the law of increase. The prosperity law of increase. The use of the law of increase is easy and pleasant. It consists first in establishing and maintaining an attitude of rich increase towards everything and everybody. In other words, let your main thought when thinking of yourself and others by the thought of riches, prosperity, success, and victorious good be of increase. Just by thinking of yourself and others as rich, successful, prosperous, victorious, you make it so. As you contact others by email or in a message board or telephone or in person, let your thought about them be one of increased good. Just by giving them the benefit of your rich thoughts is a giant step in helping them to become that way. They may not be consciously aware of your prosperous thinking about them, but they will subconsciously receive and be richly blessed. Often they will respond to you in some rich and happy way. All people are seeking an increase in food or clothes, better homes, more beauty, knowledge, leisure, pleasure, luxury, more satisfaction in their work. And rightly so, for it is a divine desire. Thus, the normal desire for increased good should not be condemned or suppressed. It is divine and can be lifted to divine levels of expression through the spiritual laws of prosperous thinking. How wonderful to use the law of increase rather than the negative law of decrease. Often when people criticize, condemn, and belittle others, they do not realize that through the law of mind action and the law of increase, they are asking for the same things to happen to them. Never waste your time giving yourself or others the thought of decrease. You can invoke the law of increase in a simple number of ways. 
You should speak the law of increase about yourself and others boldly and positively. You should look and act out the law of increase. You should write out notes of increase in image and affirm rich increase. Don't think or talk or act any way but prosperously. Do not allow others to talk to you in any way but prosperously. Do not read anything or take anything seriously that is printed or said that seems contrary to prosperous thinking. If you mix up your trend of thought, you set up cross currents that neutralize your efforts for prosperity in order to be permanently prosperous. It's important that the law of increase is saying that you must have something to increase it. So whatever you have, you can increase. As Jesus shows when he feeds the loaves and the fishes, he has some loaves and fishes with him and he increases them. If you have oil in your house, it will be increased with more oil that you can sell. Charles Fillmore showed us how to use the law of increase when those about us may be using the law of decrease. The spiritual substance from which comes all visible wealth is never depleted. It is right with you all the time and responds to your faith in it and your demands upon it. It is not affected by our ignorant talk of hard times, though we are affected because our thoughts and words govern our demonstration. The unfailing resource is always ready to give. Pour your living words of faith into the omnipresent ethers, and you will be prospered, even though all the banks in the world close their doors. Turn the great energy of your thinking upon plenty ideas, and you will have plenty regardless of what men about you are saying or doing. Another prosperity law is the law of love and goodwill. You can certainly make the argument that the greatest prosperity law of all is the prosperity law of love and impersonal goodwill. Life is a process of giving and receiving love in its many phases, and that is those individuals who are not living in the stream of love that feel its lack as a difficulty in mind, body, or affairs. Love can be both personal and impersonal. On the personal level, you can generate love as the expression of devotion, tenderness, kindness, approval, and appreciation. Love on the impersonal level is the ability to get along with other people or goodwill toward all others without personal attachment. You can affirm, I love all people and all people love me without attachment. This love it works wonders. For instance, if you have a business situation where you have an unruly customer or somebody is going to leave and you regular business customer, just sit and send them love. Watch what happens. In my own case, when I've had similar situations, going to lose a customer when I was in a business where that was important, then I would send them love and almost every time they would come back or something would change. How do you generate love? You can understand love as a stream of energy, as a thought. You can affirm love. You know what love is in its many phases, and that is what we're learning on this planet. Some people feel guilty about their desire for love in its many faces. The time has come for you to realize that you should express the desire for love from within, outward, toward God, yourself, and your fellow man. A loving father can only do for you what he can do through you. It is through your own thoughts, feelings, and expectations that love is born. You are the love in the moment. That is why you're here. And it will always prosper you to express that love. 
people are attracted to love and money is attracted to love in almost every case money is attracted to love so you just say to yourself now i let divine love now be made alive in me i am now deliberately and joyously radiating divine love to myself my world and to all mankind and by doing it you'll become prosperous you become free You'll have greater energy, more interesting people will come into your life and greater events that come to you. It's the coolest thing. Just say, I love you to the people around you. Let the divine love be made alive in you now. Love and goodwill are always victorious and there are practical results. Harvard scientists have discovered that you can actually bombard people's situations and conditions with love, thereby producing miraculous changes. They predicted that turning on love might soon become a universal prescription for healing the world's ills. There's practical result-getting power in generating and turning on love. Catherine Ponder tells of a story of a friend witnessing her complexion clear up after daily thinking of it in meditation and gently loving it with the thought of beauty and radiance. Her skin now is radiantly clean and beautiful. Divine love gives you greater health greater wealth it gives you all things the whole universe is made up of love it is the substance which fills the vacuum that love is prosperous another law that should be mentioned is the law of self-confidence a stockbroker reported that he had studied the prosperity laws from every angle and that he had observed that many prosperous minded people who buy and sell stocks that he had read many biographies of successful people and that from these observations and studies, he had decided that if prosperity could be described in one expression, it would be self-confidence, which means faith in one's innate abilities and talents and faith in God's help to develop them. Psychologists state there's a tremendous power in self-confidence which doubles your powers and multiplies your abilities. After gaining confidence in the laws of prosperity and using them in my work, my income zoomed upward. I have a little secret. I wasn't very confident for a long time, even when I started my channel. As I become more confident, I notice there's greater prosperity. And as I meet more prosperous people, I notice they have great self-confidence. Not arrogance, self-confidence. The most important secret of self-confidence is that courses are given and books are written to help you attain self-confidence, and yet you already have it. It is a part of your spiritual nature, which you were endowed when you created in the image and likeness of God. The psalmist reminds you that you were made little lower than the angels and crowned with glory and honor, and the master psychologist declared, it is not written, ye are gods. The truth that we are born with confidence can be viewed by the actions and reactions of most children before they become filled with the fears, phobias, and inhibitions of thought. Children have the delightful habit of confidently saying and doing whatever they feel led to say and do. A brilliant child who has no self-confidence does not possess half the potential for living successfully as does the average child with a good degree of self-confidence. You must have self-confidence to succeed. That's my own observation. I've never met somebody that was successful that didn't have 
some level of self-confidence. Yes, we all question ourselves and we feel like fakes and all those things. But deep down, there is a self-confidence. Self-confidence dissolves inferiority. It builds confident thoughts before sleeping. That level of state that you're in that is prosperous, that is grateful, is also confident. We're trying to define the state that we want to assume, and it has to include confidence. You can use affirmations to develop your confidence. You can stand firm in it. You're confident thinking. You can change it. We know that from the law of command that what we say is so. So start to command yourself to have greater levels of consciousness. The final law of prosperity that I wanted to mention is the prosperity law of persistence. Jesus was describing the power of persistence when he declared, no man having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. In other words, when you realize that prosperity is your divine heritage, you should persist in claiming it. Former President Calvin Coolidge stated, nothing in the world can take the place of persistence. Talent will not. Nothing is more common than unsuccessful men with talent. Education will not. The world is full of educated derelicts. Persistence and determination alone are omnipotent. When discouragement tries to beset you, when it seems as though your efforts towards success have been in vain, remember to hold on to the statement that nothing in the world can take the place of persistence. It's your can-do attitude. The prosperity law of persistence might easily be described as the can-do attitude. Many people have just the opposite approach, the can't-do attitude, which is guarantee for failure. As you observe successful people about you, you will discover that they have cultivated the habit of persisting in the face of apparent failure so that they seem to enjoy insurance against it. No matter how many times they experience setbacks, they persist toward their goal and they inevitably achieve it. There's nothing halfway lukewarm or half-hearted about persistence. It is bold, daring, fearless. It does not hesitate, but goes after what it wants and keeps plugging until it gets results. A good command that you can give yourself, a good affirmation, I am not discouraged, I am persistent, and I go forward. I am on the way up. When Jesus spoke of putting your hand to the plow and not looking back, he was describing the mighty power of persistence. A plow is an implement used to cut up, turn up, or break up the soil for planting. Your persistence is your mental plow, which helps you to break up those old failure attitudes of mind, which have previously kept success from you. Once you've broken up the feelings of defeat, you are then ready to launch forth with that can-do attitude that will surely show you how to succeed. When it comes to prosperity, don't take no as an answer. Somebody says you can't be prosperous, you can tell them no and persist. Our entire history is made up of men that were steadily told no over and over again that kept on pushing. They went that extra mile and they succeeded. When you use inner methods of persistence, external persistence is not often needed. When you learn the power of prosperous thinking, you learn how to work things out in your mental attitudes first, rather than expend effort in running hither and you attempting to manipulate an outer desired result. The inner will produce the outer, but you must persistently produce the inner first. 
So persistence can be just in the way that you image and the way you radiate and attract. Nothing more than that. Persist in inner preparations, in inner thought and guidance. The inner realm of thought controls all outer actions. And then declare right now, it is my divine destiny to succeed and it is God's business to help me. I expect and claim his divine help now. Persistence works both ways. We've all used persistence to fail when we should have used it to succeed. If you persist in expecting and talking failure, there is no power in heaven or earth that can prevent failure from appearing in your world. You can use any one of these laws by themselves. You can just be persistent and find prosperity. You can just have self-confidence and find prosperity. You can just have love and goodwill and you will find prosperity. You can use the law of increase or the law of command or the basic law of prosperity radiating and attracting the law of assumption. If you just use any one of those laws, but when you use them all together, you become unstoppable. Each of these laws, and there are many, many others. There's some great videos that you can find. Bob Proctor has one of the best that goes through the many laws of prosperity and they all are applicable and powerful. These are just a couple in my own experience and through research guided by a couple of different new thought authors, including Catherine Ponder and Bob Proctor that are using these laws that I've used in my life that resonate with me. There are other amazing laws. So please share them in the comments. If there are other laws of prosperity that you can share with us, it will only add to the conversation. These are some basic ones. So if you have an understanding of the basic law of prosperity of radiating and attracting that is a start. Then there's the vacuum law. Whenever there's a vacuum, it will be filled. There's the creative law. By being creative and being specific and knowing your desires and creating a plan, then you begin to create prosperity. There's the imaging law, where you can use imaging in your mind first, visualizing in your mind what you want, and image it into existence. There's the law of command. By decreeing what it is you want, whatever it is that you decree will come to you. You have the power of the word at all times. There's the prosperity law of love and goodwill. And as you radiate love, it will come back to you and it will become prosperous in your life. There's the prosperity law of self-confidence. By being confident in what you do, you will alight your inner powers to do the things that you want to do. And then there is the law of persistence. If you persist towards your goal, no matter what you are told, you will receive it. When put together, all of these things will create an amazingly prosperous life for you. And I'm imagining everyone that hears my voice that some aspect of this inspires you, changes you, or transforms you in a wonderful way increasing what you already have and that is prosperity you are already prosperous and i'm seeing an increase in prosperity for you not where you're at but beyond to something wonderful and even more amazing than the amazing experience you're living within now you can find all episodes of the reality revolution at therealityrevolution.com buy my art at newearth.art hundreds of new 
wonderful pieces have been added with new ones coming in every day. I love you all so much and welcome to the Reality Revolution.